0: Welcome to the build up on Balls.ie in association with Labbrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit onlui.net for further information.
1: Uh, yeah. No more nonsense. No more Mealy Mountain.
0: Grant, that yeah, yeah. I, mean, I haven't said that in those far, But
1: no, but I, this is—I'm talking about myself even because this this is the biggest sporting weekend of the year. Hey, listen to me. I'm here. I'm. I don't mind last week. Don't mind the week. You're right gone. in the room with me, Mark. I, I, honest to God, I can't avoid you, but I'm listening. You're listening. I'll tell you why it's the biggest sporting weekend of the year, right? Stephen Ferris is in the building. He is here. He has come down from Belfast to Balls HQ. That's how excited he is and we are about the Six Nations starting this weekend here on the Build-Up Podcast. It's starting everywhere, but we're really excited on the Build-Up Podcast as we it. always are because we are getting you hyped for the sporting weekend in association with Labrook's Stephen Ferris is here in the building. We're going to be talking to him in this very podcast studio in just a couple of minutes, talking about the games coming up this weekend, his reaction to the Ireland team, the Six Nations as a whole, and we're also going to be out with the touchscreen recording a video getting his his predictions for the weekend and his predictions for the whole tournament, who's going to win it, who's going to be the top try scorer, are Ireland going to beat Scotland, are England going to beat France, these are the questions we will be putting to Stephen in just a couple of minutes.
0: Is, is there more? There's
1: more. There's loads more. <laughs> Kevin Doyle is back from his holidays. We're going to be talking to him about football. The Super Bowl is on this weekend. We're going to be talking to Donny Mahoney. He's away on holidays, but he is taking time out of his holiday to have a call with us and get us hyped for the Super Bowl between the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Are you not excited? Are you not pleased? Are you not entertained, as Maximus Aurelius would say? Oh, I can't wait. I, I can't actually wait. completely forgot the Super Bowl existed. <laughs> I forgot that the whole sport was a thing. And then PJ Brown's back in the office. He's going to be defending his Guess the Handicaps title against Gary Connaughton. This Westmead upstart who thinks he can come in and take the GEA guess the handicaps title from PJ that's not going to happen Sean I'm the I, even though sorry I meant to be an impartial quiz master this week that's not going to happen <laughs> Cap, I'm not going to allow it to happen Kevin are playing Westmead this weekend so I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in PJ's corner but I'm going to try and be impartial when they in there, come in later on to preview the GEA w- weekend as well so there is so much to get through and not only that but Mick's not here
0: that's true yeah that's so, why what,
1: yeah that's why I'm speaking so when Mick's not here That means that I am free to talk to Stephen about nothing other than All-Star Rugby. Uh, So the next 10 minutes will be why John Cunny should actually be captain of the Ireland team, let alone in it. Um, There'll be no mention of Aston Villa on this show. Instead, we can anticipate you going off on fantasy football diatribes. Fantasy football diatribes and the fact that Leeds had an incredible comeback last night against Millwall. We are watching (laughs) 2-0 down, back to 3-2 in the second half. We are going up. Uh, Don't you know, pump it up. Don't you know? Pump it up! The heights are, are going, going up. up. <laughs> so yeah, it's a jam-packed show. We're also going to have uh, our charity bet, which we've somehow look. <laughs> I don't know. We were Labrooks gave us a tenner. Foolishly, said, I'd say. Go t- away and build that up to a thousand euro by using some safe bets for charity, such as you know something that's nailed on something between one to two and one to five. We went for Coraffin to be Kilkou in the All Ireland final. No. We lost. Draw. They gave us another ten euro. The went, lads, come on. <laughs> Get off the mark. We went with Liverpool to beat Shrewsbury Town. And I would say we, I mean we, everybody that was listening, the people on the Ball Study website, because this is a public vote, we decided to go for Liverpool to beat Shrewsbury. Another draw. So, Labrooks have given us another €10. Euro. And it is up to you to decide what we're going to try and put that on this weekend. We'll be talking about that later on in the show. We'll also play in on 1-2-3. We'll also have our big shout. PJ Brown is going to be in with his first big shout ever on the Build Up podcast. Mick has been Mick has been banished from the podcast altogether for at least... Well, for exactly three weeks, um, <laughs> as punishment for getting two big shouts wrong in a row, uh, we'll be seeing you loss of your chance to win two cakes in a sports biography. We'll see if anybody won it last week. spider Art. they didn't. But this week, it's a brand new opportunity. There's lots of sport happening, as we mentioned. You wouldn't want to win it in the earlier weeks when it wasn't the biggest sporting weekend of exactly. the year. You want to win it when it's the biggest sporting weekend of the year. Exactly.
0: That, it doesn't mean that the cakes get bigger and the autobiographies are better you know the cakes are always going to be gorgeous and delicious yeah the, cake, and the, the cakes can't possibly get any bigger and the autobiographies are always going to be interesting
1: and you can eat the autobiography and read the cake um, if you have not subscribed to the Build Up podcast yet be sure to, to do so you can, search, you can find us by searching the Build Up on Balls.de and all good podcast apps if you're already subscribed please rate and review it would mean an awful lot to us but Finchie we just jump straight in will we get Stephen Ferris into the studio he's here banging on the door trying to get in Delighted to have you in studio. Is it everything you dreamed it is when you imagine you're talking to us on the phone?
0: <laughs> um, I think it exceeds all expectation, to be honest with you, Mark. I'm <laughs> looking up at the curtains here. You did a really good job with the place. Um, nice, bright area. Real contemporary feel to it. So, yeah, well yeah, it's, done on it's that. New York loft. That's what we're going for. <laughs> it does the job and um, this is where all the magic happens. So yeah, Exactly.
1: The Ireland team, obviously, for Scotland was named uh, yesterday. What was your immediate reaction to it?
0: Well, I suppose I was looking straight to that number nine jersey to see um, what name was beside it. I didn't see John Cooney's name beside it. Um, I thought Andy Farrell would have um, would have went with John Cooney because Sexton was fit, you know, having that experience outside him. But he hasn't. I suppose he's worked with uh, with Connor for a long time. So yeah, he's probably just went with that experience. He obviously wants to get off to a good start. Wants to get a win. Um, and you know Connor hasn't played that much rugby this season. I think he started his first pro 14 game of the year up against against Ulster and Belfast a couple of weeks ago. So um, yeah, he's probably just wanting to see where he's at. He must be training very very well because if he wasn't, I don't think Andy would be putting him in there. But it's brilliant that even John Cooney's on the bench and he seems to have established himself as you know one of those guys that's going to be in the 23 every week. But apart from that, um, looking across the board. I think Will Addison's maybe still struggling slightly with injury. I thought he would have been in the 23 if uh, if he hadn't have been starting. Um, so, yeah, but apart from that, I, I think it's as ex- as expected.
1: I suppose in the centre as well, there was a tough decision to make. It actually, it's weird. Aki, Ringrose and Henshaw had never, only been fit once together at the same time in the Schmidt era. So is it maybe a big decision to not go with, I thought maybe the Ringrose Rose Henshaw just because of that Leinster experience together to not go with the two of them or was Aki? Always.
0: Yeah, possibly more. I think like Bundy hasn't played that much rugby this year. No, he's he's come back from injury um, since that you know red card in the World Cup. Uh, there's been very limited minutes. Um, I probably expected Henshaw to start. However, you know we all remember Henshaw's last game for Ireland you know, against New Zealand w- w- was not a good one. Um, so again, Andy Farrell's making these decisions as he sees them on the training pitch. Bundy might be training a little bit better and that's why he went with them. But Henshaw finds himself on the bench, so hopefully he'll play a, a big part in the game. Um, but the centres, like Ringrose, is-, is definitely a class above. Everybody at the minute and seems to have cemented that place. Um, you know, Farrell, you know, you have McCluskey there breathing down the lads' necks also. So have yeah, plenty of strength and depth, which is a huge positive for Andy Farrell.
1: In the back row, talk to us about Doris. Everyone's really excited to see him make his debut in an Irish shirt and then Standard moving to six as well. What sort of dynamics are we going to see that's slightly maybe different to what we've been seeing in the previous year?
0: Um, See, to be honest, I'm not not really 100% sure. I think um, seeing CJ Standard with a six jersey on his back, I think he had a couple of good games. For Ireland. Just because he was wearing number 6. Now I don't think his role is going to change that much. In terms of what he's going to do around the uh, around the pitch. He might be in a, a different area at certain times. But he's probably going to do the same thing. As he's always done. Even with a, with a, the number 8 on his back. Um, I think the most exciting thing for me. Is seeing Caelan Doris. I thought Max Deegan would have been in with a shout. I think Caelan Doris is a slightly better footballer. Controlling the ball at the back of the scrum. You know, There's no error for mistakes in international rugby. So uh, f- for, for me... Maybe, you know, Doris has played significantly more time at number 8 than Max Deegan has. Uh, but I really like Deegan for the future. I think he's raw. He's a, he's a real talent. He's physical. He's a lot of pace. Um, he works hard. Uh, there seems to be a bit of a dog in him. Um, and, you know, he's been at the, at the forefront of everything positive for Leinster this season. So he'll get his chance, I'm sure, of the Six Nations. Uh, I hope he does. And uh, Josh van der Fleer, who's been really consistent this year... Um, hearing and you know that he's lost a bit of weight um, from the World Cup. He's kept that off. He seems to be a lot fresher and and, and feels fitter and getting around the park. So hopefully Josh can uh, stamp as a, make his mark and uh, put his stamp on the Six Nations because I think at international level I've said it before. I think Josh week in week out in the European Cup and the Pro Fourteen is you know winning man of the matches all the time. But when it goes jumps up to international level and he's up against Tom Curry and he's up against you know Justin Tipperick and and, and these other lads you don't see him as much um, his name isn't mentioned as much in attack and defence and, and you know he doesn't win as many Man of the Matches so I 100% know that he does have it in him to be a world class player uh, on the international stage and maybe this is the opportunity This maybe this is the year that he's injury free and he can give it a good rattle
1: Given that we were looking for that, you know, we're all waiting on that team to see how many changes was Andy Farrell going to make. He didn't make a whole play. I think it's 13 of the 15 that started against Scotland in the World Cup. So it's a similar starting team. But what are you looking to see in terms of how Ireland actually play differently? Is there going to be a a change there from this mid area with Farrell now coming in?
0: There has to be a change. You you can't keep doing the same thing. Like you got to evolve, and I think that's. Uh, something that Ireland didn't do over the last 18 months is go into the World Cup with something a bit different and you know they thought the same game plan the same pragmatic approach at times um, you know going through 20-30 phases and you know becoming a pretty easy team to read you know it didn't work and you know when when teams figure you out at the highest level it's not going to work so Andy Farrell what a player he was like I remember watching him every week for Wigan, War- uh, Wigan Warriors and um well, it was Wigan Warriors, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wigan Warriors every single week, and he was—he was an unbelievable player. God knows how many caps he racked up for them. Obviously moved into uh, Rugby Union, played in the center, uh, almost fantastic for England as well. So, bags of experience. What did he bring? He brought physicality. He brought um, a real elegance to his game he always seemed to have time on the ball when he when he had it and you know if they can bring a bit more of an offloading game when they make line breaks they capitalize a bit like leinster have been doing you know as soon as they get within five yards of, of that try line they seem to score nine out of ten times and it's that ruthless streak i suppose we've seen with ireland two years ago two and a half years ago they try and get that back in again um and of course you have guys like ronan keller who's you know been scoring tries for fun um, coming in there you have Doris and new cap as well Jordan Larmer who's found a lot of form so uh, fingers crossed you know that um, that Leinster way that we've witnessed all season long unbeaten in all competitions kind of transfers into the international game with a, a couple of other lads sprinkled in there also
1: Yeah definitely I think even when you hear Farrah's comments um, when he was announced to the team and talking about trying to get you know the forwards you know, get Gresham up front straight off the bat play the Irish way he seems to be trying to get that I wonder I was listening to Stuart Lancaster talking on BBC a couple of weeks ago about the different personalities he encounters in rugby and how maybe the English players differ from the Irish players um, and he's talking about Irish players being more sort of a little bit quieter taking in taking stuff on board and not maybe challenging authority as much or you know not maybe really, you know putting their voice up or trying to almost kind of just like I was thinking of it in terms of the smithy where they're like getting as you were saying like the very prescriptive learning everything off and not really showcasing their personalities that's something you've experienced when you were playing did you experience it or was it
0: yeah well I think probably most of that's come because of Joe Smith you know the lads were shiting themselves on a Monday morning review in case uh, they made a mistake during the match and they were going to get ripped out in front of everybody and made an example of and and you know they're walking on eggshells during the week in training and you know if, if they dropped the ball they were looking over the shoulder to see if Joe had, had seen it and of course if he had, doesn't see it in training, he was going to see it in the video analysis anyway. And um, you know some of the stories over the over the over the years of of Jules, um, <laughs> just as, just the way he goes about things, he is a bit different. Uh, yes, he got the best uh, out of the, the squads at times, and you know the accolades that he's achieved and you know the trophies that he's won for Ireland is, is is amazing. But I think for them to evolve, as I said, they 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 need to mix it up, and lads need to go out and enjoy themselves have smiles on their faces we didn't see that in the rugby world cup 2019 in japan we just didn't see it at all and um, for me when you're enjoying anything it doesn't matter if it's rugby business you know whatever line of work you're in if you're enjoying it you always perform better so um, maybe that's why the likes of devon toners back in there you know there was so much negativity in the media everybody you know Outside says, how much influence does does the media have on the team? And when you're in the team environment, you say oh, it doesn't doesn't matter. But there's newspapers about the lads are on Instagram, Twitter, social media. They're reading negative press they're reading positive press. And um, I think you know during the World Cup there was too much negativity outside, which maybe impacted on on the team also. And that was because of probably some decisions made in the lead up to the World Cup, that heavy defeat to England, you know, the preparation didn't go to plan, Devon Toner getting left out, the whole country was an uproar over that yeah. like <laughs> So um yeah, it, it's about just having that positive environment, positive culture, and that'll translate mm. onto the pitch.
1: Um speaking one in terms of enjoying yourself, Caelan Doris would make his debut this week and I heard rumour that Irish players have to sing a song on the team bus after the make debut? Was that something you had to do?
0: I had to do it in a team hotel. I think Luke Fitzgerald, Jimmy Heaslip and I had to do it in one of the hotels in Dublin. I can't remember. I think I had about 20 glasses of wine in me at that stage. So um, the old one where when you get your first cap and you go up and you, you... so if somebody passes you a drink they have to drink the same drink as you so if rory best passes you a triple whiskey and coke he, <laughs> he has to drink a triple whiskey and coke that's the, the kind of rules and then you have to sing a song but i can't actually remember what i tried to sing at the time um probably something s- stupid or silly i wouldn't have the best voice mark so uh, something short and sweet
1: you're not going to give us a rendition now no
0: no no, no definitely not <laughs>
1: uh, looking ahead to this again we're going to get your predictions out of the touch screen shortly but what have you made of Scotland's build up? You were talking a couple of weeks ago with us in terms of Stuart Hog been made captain. Apparently he sought out Gregor Townsend. that was something that role he wanted to um take on after the World Cup. Obviously the Finn Russell situation now has really upset their preparation. But at the same time we have to be ready and you know, this new Six Nations, the new World Cup cycle, you have to be kinda of ready to expect um maybe a, a kick from Scotland, especially from the World Cup defeat.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes. It's the first game, and I think you know the the margin on this here. I think fourteen points on, on the handicap, and I think that's quite big. considering it's the first game up, and like Scotland aren't going to lie down. They're not going to roll over. Uh, yes, they're away from home, um, but like you know, they're missing a couple of guys now. Greg Laidlaw he's retired. Tommy Seymour, who I played with at Ulster, he's now retired. But other lads are getting opportunity. <laughs> finn russell he's on a on a flight back to france after his antics goodness knows what he was getting up to but all these things unsettle a squad um you know is hastings going to come in there and get this team going forward you've you know rory Sutherland, who's you know the a prop with great potential very strong very good scrumager so um and then magnus bradbury as well so you've lads in there that are world-class players like really good players but why has Gregor Townsend not got the best out of him over the last couple of years? What is it? Why is he not getting on with Finn Russell? Why are those two not walking around hand in hand? Because, you know, it's it's so important that your playmaker gets on with the, your head coach, who was also an out half. Like, so, yeah. And again, Stuart Hogg at fullback. I just don't understand it. Like, uh, I don't understand... Uh, how many fullbacks in world rugby have been have been uh, international captains uh, if you went through the, the history I'm not sure there would be too many I hope I'm wrong uh, Stuart Hogg he's one of the best yeah. fullbacks in the world um, and you know on any given day he can turn a game on its head so I hope it goes well for him he's a good bloke also but I just don't understand captaining a team from fullback uh, I just think there's too much in and out speaking to referees and, you know, there might be a conversation in the team room or in the change room to say, oh yeah, this is the pack leader, you know, anything in the pack, you know, you speak to them. But it's not the same, you know, it's not the same. Even, you know, when dricco was captain of Ireland for a lot of years, it was difficult for him to get in and out. And I think he's even expressed that he didn't understand like a full back coming in and out. But yeah, that's my take on it.
1: In terms of, we're talking about captaincy, Johnny Sexton, you know, whatever about... For Irish rugby going going forward over the next World Cup cycle, who should be captain? Is it for him probably the perfect time now that he has gotten that? He's obviously got the experience of Captain Leinster, but there's a lot of talk of his relationship with referees and all this, the cantankerous whatever. But just listen to him in the build-up to this tournament. He seems a lot more relaxed uh, in interviews. He seems, you know, he's laughing, he's joking. He's talking about how he's actually getting along with them and sometimes... The the, situ- the the people are up and going. She's there. Johnny Sexton giving out to the referee. Where actually the referee was going over to talk to him or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it might it be actually that he's going to be a common influence that we just need to get Do us you reckon over he this can transition just change period. Overnight?
0: Do you reckon as soon as he's given the captain's armband, he can just change everything and be the best captain ever? And he's not going to have this this fiery streak. And you know, like personally, I think uh, it's the right appointment um, in the short term because. He does have that experience. He's you know he's he's played at the top level for so long. I think you know James Ryan. I think him for a shot. You know going forward of being the Irish captain. Um and you know Johnny wouldn't be the most durable. So when it comes to training, you want your captain on the pitch. You know as many times during the week as you possibly can. Um and you know I'm sure Johnny. You know as as we've seen by his match minutes. Misses a lot of training sessions and has missed a lot of games over the last couple of years. So um, I, Again, I would question his, his durability and once again, I hope he proves me wrong and, and, and anybody else wrong that's questioned him uh, or questioned his durability. So um, I think it's, it's the right decision at the minute. Andy Farrell has a lot of trust with, with him. Apparently, they got on like a house on fire. Rory Best said to me there a couple of weeks ago, he says their relationship is, is really tight. So maybe that's another decision why Andy went with them because there's that build-up of trust. Um, but I think, you know, Johnny Sexton being the captain of Ireland at the 2023 World Cup in, in France at the age of 38, I, I think is, you know, I just can't see that happening. Um, and again, if Ireland want to evolve, then I think they, you know, give Johnny as you know, 12, 18 months, two years or whatever to, to try and bring this Ireland team forward and then, you know, reassess things from there. But, Uh, Johnny would be doing well to play until he's 30 Yeah, yeah but
1: uh, just uh, before we jump out and get the predictions we're looking at looking across England, France, Wales obviously massive change both for France and Wales with Gatlin leaving but England then off the back of the World Cup final Eddie Jones wants to talk about people he wants this England team to go down as one of the best teams ever possibly the best team ever to play rugby so they have a big uh, they have a big aim for this season which of the three uh, three nations are you most interested in seeing how they get on this year so rather than just who's going to win it
0: yeah i think it's ireland like at the minute obviously with us but with wheels scotland and and england um, obviously the difference with Pivac in at Wales the different coaching What what's he going to bring differently to them we all know that Gatlin got the best out of his team and seemed to give an extra 10 or 15% as soon as they put on that Welsh jersey uh, will Pivac and Jones be able to get the same hopefully so because I think they've always punched above their weight um, especially in the last couple of years and even in the, in the Rugby World Cup in Japan the you know, nobody really gave him a, a, a chance considering the injuries that was happening along the way Anscombe ended up you know not going on that uh, what a playmaker he is and yeah I, like I, I think for me I'm, I want to see how England go because they've got two tough games straight up and if Eddie Jones is saying that you know he wants this be- this team to go down and history is one of the best English teams ever to grace the pitch then you know if they get two wins out of two in the first two games that would be a real statement.
1: Now with France as a as a, what got, a, a not knowledgeable enough French rugby, uh, <laughs> French rugby. I'm looking going, Jesus, i have listened to all this. The France are back, lads. France, are, this is this could yeah. be the French team. They're going all out, obviously. To, they're they're ready gearing up for this World Cup in France, um, obviously next one. What can we expect from them, or is it to expect the unexpected?
0: Expect the unexpected as always, but like Toulouse has been superb in the European Champions Cup, um, like. You know, I watched them away to Gloucester in their first pool game, 15 points down at time, Came back, won that game. You know, that's something that you don't associate with a French side. You know, they seem to roll over when they're away from home, and um, it just seems to be something a little bit different. Claremont are obviously playing really well. You've young guys like Entomac, you know Dupont, um, Damien Penault, um like Fakatawa in the centre, who was amazing in the Rugby World Cup. Uh, a lot of these new faces seem to be in the pack. Um and I like the look of their squad. Is it going to be the Six Nations where they're going to go out and you know play the rugby? That we all know they can play and show their potential. I don't think it is, but I think they're going to give you know everybody a scare. Um and hopefully they're building towards France in twenty twenty three. That's their ultimate goal. That's where they got a peak. Um and uh, yeah, they're going to be a, a hard team to beat most of the way through this tournament. And I'm excited to see how they go.
1: Shall we jump out to the touch three and get yeah? The predictions? Let's go for it. Yeah, yeah. With the one that's of massive interest to us, obviously Ireland against Scotland. How do you see it going?
0: Yeah, can't wait. Obviously, this is the main man Johnny Sexton named the Irish captain, Stuart Hogg named the Scottish captain. Um, first game up. It's a big handicap of of 14 points in this fix, and I think that's a big handicap. I can see Scotland, you know, getting inside that. So, you know, Scotland plus 14 would be a big bet for me. I still see Ireland winning the game. Um, and if I was going to put a point score on it, I'd say maybe five or six points. So I'll go 20 points to 15. For, for Ireland versus Scotland. You know, lots of change in the Scotland team, guys like Greg Laidlaw, Tommy Seymour retired, Finn Russell who you know, went packing back to France. Uh, there's a couple of new caps for Ireland, a bit of change with the coaching staff, Andy Farrell and that coming in. So uh, yeah, both teams will want to get off to a very positive start. Ireland obviously huge favourites for the game, uh, but I can see Scotland beating that 14 point handicap. Aside from just the win, what are you looking to see in the Irish performance? I want to see something different. We've got to see something different. I don't think they evolved that much over the last couple of years. Um, uh, under Joe, they went in that 2019 Rugby World Cup in Japan and it was the same old pragmatic, you know, lots of multi-phase, trying to break teams down. And then when teams kind of figured them out, you know, looked at CJ Standard, stopped him dead in his tracks, you know, looked, looked at other players in the, in the team and seen what they were really good at and stopped them in their tracks. They didn't have a plan B and that was something that Not only us in the the media were talking about was like, we want to see something different. Has Joe got something up his sleeve this week? Has Joe got something up his sleeve for the World Cup? We can't wait to see what's going to happen. Nothing happened. It was the same old Ireland, and I think that told the story in the end, getting you know, put out in another another quarter final. So yeah, I want to see want to see people not afraid to of throw an offload. You know, throw that twenty yard pass when they do make a line break. They're ruthless, like Leinster have been. Get five yards out. The pick and goes, the drives, the latches on, and that ruthless mentality, which I think they lost over the last twelve months. Yeah,
1: hopefully we we'll see a bit of exciting rugby. Obviously, the first matchup on Saturday is Wales against Italy. Two new head coaches here. Everybody's expecting Wales win, but what's the score going to be?
0: Oh, jeez, yeah. I, I obviously at home, Principality Stadium. Stadium, uh, you know, Pivac in there, Jones in there, another new coaching staff. Um, Italy. You know, I, I feel sorry for Italy at times. They've been been going so much through, through so much transition over the last couple of years. You know, Shea was supposed to come in and, and make them, you know, a real force uh, in world international rugby, and that didn't pan out. And. You know what? I feel a little bit sorry for for, for Shea because you know the player pool there. He doesn't have the same amount of people playing the game. Um, it's very limited resources, and, and he did try his best, but it just didn't happen for them. So you know, Franco Smith is now in there. He's in an interim role. Um, there's probably going to be more change over the next couple of years but at the minute it's just for them to get a bit of stability and not be the weapon boys of the Six Nations um, and that'll be you know that'll be the talk get, get into this game so for me I'm gonna go for a convincing enough win uh, 35 points for the Welsh I'll go. go for right. 15 points for the Italians. I think they might get a couple of scores. Um, you know what they're like the last couple of plays of a game. They generally might go for an interception or something like that, but I can definitely see the Welsh at home getting a convincing victory. Very good. and Then I think the big one for the neutrals, France against
1: England this weekend. This is a really exciting game because if France can win this game, they could want to win the tournament.
0: Come on, France! <laughs> <laughs> um, like, England are huge favourites for the whole tournament and rightly so. They got the, the World Cup final they didn't have their best game um, and, you know, they were superb in that semi-final. And they're big favourites because of the way they've played over the last 12 months. They absolutely hockeyed Ireland and Twickenham them in the, in the World Cup warm-ups. Um, you know, they've beaten all the teams in the Six Nations convincingly well over the last few years. So the rightly sort of the big favourites. But France, we all know the scare that they give Wales, you know, Val Mahina... One of those ones, red card could have been a totally different story. Uh, lots of change in their squad, but you've guys like Damien Pinot, you know Dupont, Antamak, Vakatawa, who is in amazing form for Racing 92. So um, I- I'm going to say that France are going to win this game. Oh, interesting. I, I think they're going to sneak it um, and pile a little bit more pressure on Eddie Jones. <sighs> but you know, and the- the- one of the reasons why I say that is because this guy here, he's involved in a Saracens team you know Atoji and Saracens team, Jimmy George, Mako Vinopola, they're without Billy Vinopola. Um, that whole saga around the, the Saracens and, and, and where they are, they got hockeyed last weekend by, by um, Harlequins away from home. What's their state of mind like? Are they mentally ready to go on a Six Nations? Well, we'll soon find out. But I'm going to go for France to sneak this 23 points to 20, 23-20. There we yeah, have it. Nice and
1: tight. A nice upset to start off the Six
0: Nations as well. And here we
1: have it. Here's your predictions all together. We look if you if you just go on the wins, it comes with the accumulator two to one. But we've just been onto labricks.com. We've been looking at the different winning margins. They're all coming around 5 to 11 to 2 5 to one, eleven to two, five to one. Two hundred and thirty-three to one it <laughs> oh. <numbers. Cut. laughs> It's going to be a big weekend. <laughs> so look at the Euro. What 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 what's stores are going to happen?
0: Exactly. But I, I think the reason for it, like this, is a fourteen-point game. Like fourteen points in international rugby, first game up in a Six Nations. That's a lot of points. And I know Scotland are vulnerable at times, um, but you know. Yes, there's experience in the Irish team, but there's also guys that are winning their first cap, they're going to be nervous. Rob Herring's in the front row, he hasn't played an awful lot of rugby uh, internationally. Um, there's, there's different combinations, No you know, Aki's back in the centre alongside Ring Rose. You have Conway starting on the wing, ahead of Earls. Um, you have Larmer at full-back, Will they target putting high balls up, up on him, we know he coped really, really well in the World Cup. but. Yeah, I, I think, and that's why this is 233-1, two, is because I, I think this game is is a lot tighter than what people think. And now looking ahead
1: to the entire tournament, we've got three questions for you. Yeah. Who's going to be the top try scorer overall? Who's going to win the tournament? And if there is a winner, or will there will be a winner, but who, is there going to be a Grand Slam?
0: So top try scorer first off, who are you looking at? Well, top try scorer, well, do you know what? I'm going to jump to the tournament winner first, and then I'll come back to this. And I think my tournament winner, I'm saying that, England are going to beat France, uh, or sorry, France are going to beat England first up, but I think England are going to end up winning the, oh. the tournament. I think that might be the reality uh, check that they need. They kick up the backside, so I'm going to go for England to win the tournament. England win, win and Yeah. They are... Um, so yeah, it's never nice writing down England league, like, no. is it? It's <laughs> never nice, um, and, and the bounce back up here, off the back of England, winning this. You know somebody like Johnny May at four to one is a great shot. We all know his record in international rugby is outstanding. Somebody like Josh Adams for for Wales, uh, who was the top try scorer at the Rugby World Cup twenty nineteen in Japan, or you could go for something crazy. Well, is it crazy? It's not really. I would be going for Vakatawa. He's twenty to one. Vakatawa. France have got Italy at home. And if, if France they get beat England, if, if France beat England straight up, he maybe gets a score in the first game. Against Italy in the thirteen channel, Vacatawa coming down your channel. I reckon he could definitely get in for a couple of scores. And we all know what France are like with a bit of momentum behind them. So I'm gonna go do you know what? I'm gonna I would go for a, a bit more of an outside bet, and I would go for Vacatawa, twenty to one. Sorry, you, you didn't make it easy for me. <laughs> me is easy to ah, yeah, yeah, Vakatawa.
1: Yeah. you have to make it tough.
0: Mm. So there we have Vakatawa. Good French name.
1: <laughs> twenty to one. Yeah, twenty to one. England are 4-5 to, to win the tournament. And then Grand Slam, you're going to say if France obviously win, there's going to be no Grand Slam winner.
0: Yeah, well, England win the tournament. France are going to win that first game. I believe that there's not going to be a Grand Slam. Um, it just the, the way the fixtures are set out this year, Ireland have got it pretty well. Two home games straight up. England away the first two games. France at home the first two games. So there's... Uh, there's areas of, of the Six Nations this year where you could get off their fly and start and find yourself in a really good position, or you could be zero from two and your back's against the wall. So I'm going to go for no Grand Slam this year. No Grand Slam, and that's it. Evens. So there you have it. There are all
1: your predictions. Uh, if you want to hear more from Stephen, be sure to subscribe to The Build-Up on Boz.de. You can find us in all good podcast apps. And as I mentioned, we have been discussing the Ireland team and plenty more besides.
0: Thanks very much, Stephen. Bye-bye, you. Bye,